Hey guys, Joe Miles here with Osseo Gear. This is the Mission Whitetail Podcast. We're going to be doing a deep dive into what it truly takes to kill these mature bucks. We're going to step outside the box and look at the why for gear, tactics, training, and more importantly, the mindset from over 35 years of chasing these magnificent animals all over North America. Thank you for following along and welcome to Mission Whitetail. Welcome back to the Mission Whitetail podcast, guys. It is November 15th. Uh, this is actually going to drop tomorrow, so Kevin's going to be up to the wee hours of the morning editing, um, which I like to see because mm-hmm. his baby doesn't keep him up any, <laughs> so it's good for him to have added nighttime work. Yeah. What else is new? <laughs> yeah, so uh, a little stressful around the Osseo office right now. We, um, we, we've got our Black Friday sale going on, and it's going nuts. Um, man, I, you guys that support us, we, we really appreciate it. Never dreamed it would, it would take off like this so fast. So just wanted to thank everybody for that. Um, we are, we're pulling at all seams right now to get these orders out and Black Friday, this Black Friday sale has been incredible. So guys, thank y'all for that. Um, dive right in like normal. Um, kind of a a season update we touched on this a little bit on the last podcast about what we were up to what we were doing um i'm gonna hit on that a little bit more kevin and then maybe you can dive into what you're up to but um so for me it was it's been a little bit of a unique rut um and this will lead into a, a listener question that we got which i thought was a really good question um so for me, I was after that buck in Kansas, and that was my plan. I was going to leave on Halloween or the day before Halloween, drive to Kansas, and then literally hunt him until Natalie told me I was getting a divorce or, or I killed him. <laughs> that was my plan. And got lucky um, or, or, you know, this, it just things just lined up, and I was able to get him mid-October, which is unusual, so then I kind of had to punt, which is a, a great thing. It's a great problem to have. Um, and this kind of – maybe I'll walk through what I did when, when my rut plans shifted. I, I immediately started reaching out to contacts and friends um, to see what was, what was going on, what everybody was doing, where people were hunting, if there was any availability for me to come and – and hunt some properties you know some guys were were locked down on deer in in illinois for example and weren't going to be able to hunt their lease in ohio so i offered to you know contribute to their lease payment and that sort of thing and so i was able to get some some places to hunt in in the midwest and it ha- had to be a little bit gentle i guess with, with the properties because they weren't mine mm-hmm. there were other people coming in later to hunt so i had basically a 12-day window there when I could hunt. Um, so I went in and was, you know, not super aggressive. The, the first thing I did was was obviously look at a map, um, looked at the aerial, looked at the topography, got on the phone with the guy that had hunted the property a lot and went through all the history of the property, what he thought, where he thought uh, deer were bedding, where he had had luck in the in the past and the first thing i did when i drove in there was get up five cell cameras 
I got them in funnels. Um, I got them in pinch points. I got them on scrapes. I got them on trails. I kind of went through there knowing where I had planned on hanging a stand and hung basically hung cameras as I went. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I actually I left on a Sunday morning, and I was hunting Sunday afternoon. I guess that was the 30th, so I was hunting the afternoon of the 30th. And as, as many of you guys know that, that, that are hunting, the first seven days in the Midwest was awful. It was hot. The wind, I mean, there was days we had 40-mile-an-hour gust. And so I, I was seeing deer. I was seeing um, averaged about two bucks a day, you know, two-year-olds, a uh, couple three-year-olds. But the, the big deer I was after, um, trail cam pictures in the middle of the night. He was coming through the funnel. He was checking his scrapes, but it was all at dark. Uh, and eventually I ran out of time and, and did not capitalize up there. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was a little picky. I did, I did see some, 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 you know, one pretty nice buck that I could have shot, but I didn't. I wanted to hold out for the bigger one, which is, you know, just the goal that was set. But, um, you know, that, that was how I kind of shifted from my plan basically in, in, a, in a week-long period, you know, was able to gain access and, and, and – and be able to hunt some good properties that, you know, I, I had not planned on going. And, and what do I equate that to? Having a lot of feelers out there at all times and having built relationships over the years that are genuine relationships, mm-hmm. not just I'll call you up right before hunting season, but ones that are really genuine and friendships with guys and, and developed new friendships. Um, you, you know, so that that's kind of – the season update for me now is is I'm home, I'm in the office working, you know, our butts off right now with everything we got going on at Osseo. Uh, and I'm going to hunt now some back at home. Our rut is still kind of wide open here at home. All my cameras at home are blowing up with chasing. I mean, it's blurry does and then a blurry buck picture. So they're, they're running hard here. So I'm going to hunt here until Thanksgiving, and then really my next scheduled thing is down in Mexico the 5th of December when their rut gets going. Your turn, buddy. What, what you been up to? Osseo. <laughs> That's it. I've been packing orders, answering phone calls, emails. <laughs> Good customer service. I mean, I've been taking care of them. But, uh, but, yeah, that's about it, and trying to hunt here and there on the weekend but the the deer on camera and finding them is few and far between right now um i think i've put out some cams on some public land and moved some around a weekend or two ago and i gotta go check them i got some good intel on the ones i checked um they told me where not to hunt uh because there's a little more pressure than i thought um but uh, it's a work in progress, but it's kind of hard. We only got so much time. We've been really, really busy. Uh, and then I don't know if I'll be hunting out of state anymore this year. I don't know if we'll have time. But if I do, it might be Kentucky uh, for late season. We'll see if, see if I can get away. We get a little bit of a lull. We're selling out of a bunch of stuff, so y'all better hurry up and order it. And keep ordering it, too, so I don't have to keep packing these orders right now. Kevin, <laughs> let's get back on let's get back on to Mission Whitetail for a minute. 
you said you went to public and hung some cameras. Mm-hmm. Walk us through what you were looking for on public ground and where you hung these cameras, and did you put them way up in the air so they couldn't get stolen? I mean, we don't need GPS coordinates, but no. kind of what what um, were you looking for? So, at first, I, f- I found a good, what I thought was a good spot. It didn't have a whole lot of, um, I guess, human sign, and I found a, a bunch of good scrapes and rubs, but after I hung cameras, I've got, I guess, just as many pictures of guys and people's dogs and things like that moving through there as I do um, deer. It seemed like I got a really good deer on camera, but I don't I don't really know. He's got a huge thicket nearby with no open area, but it kind of connects to this new spot that I found. But anyway, um, I was riding the, the dirt road at first to kind of look for heavy trails crossing the road. Um, that's kind of where how I... Heavy deer trails. Yeah, heavy yep. deer trails, I'm sorry. And that's kind of where I find some of my starting points when I'm just kind of speed scouting. And when I was driving by this this low area, it was a strip of hardwoods in like a creek slash swamp bottom in the middle cutting through a bunch of uh, grown grown-up pines. And I said, well, there's a good edge right there. And um, there was actually a gate in front of this pull-in, which I like because people can't just drive all over the place. So I got out, and I started just sneaking down the edge of this creek looking for heavy crossings and any kind of sign. And um, right off the rip, I found some scrapes kind of on the high side. And... uh, but when I got toward the middle of that spot, I didn't find really much of any sign. There's plenty of deer trails, but at that that swampy ground, it's hard to tell how old, you know, those tracks and all were. And then I had a, a young deer just walk right up to me when I was sneaking through there. The leaves were wet, so it was easy to sneak through there. And I said, all right, well, I'll mark this on the map. And I kept on going, and um, I found probably the most rubs I've found on public or private just I, I found something's one's rub line and there's some good rubs so I put a camera on the low side near the creek on rubs and I put he's got another trail on the high side of this little ridge that I uh hung cameras on so I put them up about 10 foot high and uh we'll see what's on them in the next week or so hopefully something good because that one's a lot uh that spot's set up a lot better for actually getting on something sneaking in there and and hunting them you're not tearing through a ton of freaking cutovers where there's no trees to hang in so a gate to curtail public access Mm -hmm. creek some thicket some hardwood so you had edge right you follow that up, and voila, like we talk about so much on those edges, you find scrapes, you go a little bit deeper, huge rub line. Mm-hmm. So on that edge is where you started dumping the cameras. Yep. Yep. So there's a there's a huge 
a good rub line down in the bottom, not 10 yards from the creek, and then up this little ridge on the actual edge of these hardwood or yeah, hardwoods and these pines. Um, he had a rub line up there too that was fresh as well. So I put one on each side and uh, or each main trail, and um, it's been two two weeks now. So I'll probably go check it um, maybe next week or this weekend and and see what's on it. And I'll just go in there with all my gear and be ready just to set up because I I already marked a few trails and trees that I would want to get in um, if there was something on that camera there's some really good sign over there i don't know how much i did find some human tracks at the end of this spot in the um in the mud so i don't know how fresh they were but i don't think there's too many people in there but i guess those cameras will tell me so your your plan when you go back to check cameras you're gonna check and hang and go ahead and hunt which makes a lot of sense yeah if something's good on it i'm gonna just hang right there if, if it's nothing um, I might just keep scouting with my uh, gear on my back, but I'll be ready to hunt right there. So you're going you're gonna to take like a reader in there with you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good. I got I got a little card reader that just hooks onto my phone, and um, I'll I'll take extra cards. I'll probably even have a extra camera or two. May even take. I got a couple of cell cams. I might swap if something's good on there, and I don't get a crack at it. I'll swap that regular cam out with the cell cam and uh so i can get some live intel on them that's a really good point if if you 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 know if if you're running both text and the regular sd card cameras and you're casting your net broad and then you get some stuff on a sd card standard camera that's a very good point yep um to, to to swap them out so yeah that's a that's a really good good point and good way to do it i think um quick public land story my buddy cole went into a spot yesterday afternoon um not to kind of tout our gear but uh he was wearing all osseo and he got he got in a spot where there weren't really any good trees but he got in a clump of these small trees and just put his platform he was wearing a saddle he put his platform like a foot and a half off the ground and just stood up on it and shortly after two does literally walked right by him and then a spike came walking by and he just stopped right next to him he said he could pet him and it was on <laughs> on public land he didn't even know he was there i'll be darned yeah and we got that footage from joe walker too um he's up in a triple trunk tree in um in kansas and shoots a heck of a buck yeah, that at, was at a eight stunt. steps and i mean again this is turning into a, a infomercial <laughs> osseo, but it man, the way that camo blended into those trees was was insane. Yep. So you got one guy in South Carolina and one guy in in Kansas. But I- anyway, um, let's go on into the uh, listener question that we got. That we, hey. we we got it late. We we did that on the last podcast. But um, let me uh, it's on my phone here. Uh oh, if I lost the guy's name. Uh oh. I don't have the guy's name. Sorry, buddy. Um okay, if if I can find the name, 
I'll I'll get into it, but um, or I'll let y'all know. But the question is, uh, it, it's a multi-question, and, and I'm going to read the whole thing off, and then we'll come back and attack it. Uh, it, it it's talking about getting permission in other places, uh-huh. which is you know a lot of guys do that. We do that, and and how do you go about it? But so this is how it starts off. If y'all were going on a permission-seeking trip two plus hours from home. Uh, I'm assuming he means within two hours, because two plus hours from home. Um, so I think he, no, I think he means the opposite. Like it's further away. For, than yeah, two it's hours. a good. Okay, it's so, a good so, okay, little haul. That's fine. We'll go that way with it. How would y'all go about finding a specific area to target? What would you do to prepare for the trip? What time of the year would you go to seek permission? And what days of the week, which is an interesting spin. Yep. And once you got permission, would you immediately? Uh, once you got permission, would you immediately scout the property or try to get as much permission in that area as you could? Thanks again, Joe, for taking time to answer my question. Um, okay, so first and foremost. Um, how would you go about finding a specific area to target? Do you want to go? Yeah, I would. Um, I would, I guess, figure out which state, obviously, that you'd want to target. Uh, is that what he's ask, or is he asking like, um, like the terrain you want to hunt, or what? I don't. I, I think let, let's look at it from a state and and a terrain. Okay. Um. So so yeah. Start with uh. Start with you know. You got to go find somewhere to hunt tomorrow. Where are you going? So obviously you want to go to some a state that is not too terribly far, I guess, to drive to and has the biggest deer. So that would be for us Kansas, not Ohio, Kansas, Kansas. or not Kansas, Kentucky. I'm sorry, both with a K, Ohio. Yeah. Um, and I would just look on the map and find these, the property owners in an area where, you know, you know, look on some forums, um, Facebook pages where, you know, big deer are getting killed where big deer grow and then just kind of map out some spots and, uh, go knock on a couple doors, um, or a bunch of doors and, uh, I probably wouldn't do it during the season. I would do it like springtime or summertime. Yeah, we'll hit that in a minute. Um, What was the rest of that first Okay, You you did good. How would y'all go about finding a specific area to target? Okay, so obviously, yes, Kentucky, Ohio would be the two. Um, Even into – you can be into the far east of – Illinois, Illinois yeah. in eight and a half hours. Yeah. So that's not terrible. Um, you know, I'm older. I'm 47. Um, the door knocking thing is is not something that I'm going to do a ton of. And, and it's simply because I've developed enough connections Connect. over the years that, that I can – I have a leg up. There's no question about that. And so what I would do is – for example, I haven't hunted Illinois in, um, I don't know, probably four years, and I really want to get back in there. 
So what what I would do is I would call Adam Crumran, who's mm-hmm. lifelong friend, and say, Adam, I want to get into this area. He's a real estate agent out there. You know, here's my here's here's what I'm looking for. Can you turn me on to the area? Do you have another realtor in that area? Do you know any land down there that may be for lease or that you can get in on? Um, so regardless of what state that I'm going to, that's where I would start with my connections that I've already developed there. If that's in, if that's in Kentucky, it would be starting with Craig. If it's in Ohio, it would be with Dan or Adam. Um, so I would start with the connections that I already have there because that's first of all, those guys understand big deer. They're good hunters and they, they kind of know where you need to be and they're not going to send you on a wild goose chase so that's giving you a huge leg up if, if you don't have that then you do have to start with the knocking on doors or you know talking to taxidermists you know that's another thing that we, we've hit on that before mm-hmm. in, in one of the earlier podcasts is talking to, to taxidermists, you know, that's a good way to do it is to, you know, call them and say, where are your, where are your big deer coming from? You know, you, you look at a map of Illinois and another thing to, to look at too, if you're, you're trying to gain permission, if, if you're looking at like the town of, I don't know, um, let's use Ohio, around Columbus, mm-hmm. and you're within 45 minutes of the town of Columbus, good luck. Yeah, because it's so populated. Everybody right. in Columbus is is going to have most of that stuff locked up, mm-hmm. so it's going to be very difficult. So get away from the bigger cities, um, because then you, you're going to have more of an opportunity. Because it, for the weekend warrior, it's further for them to drive from right. these big cities. So I, that that's a tip that you can use. Um, terrain wise, uh, I'm always looking for bedding big hunks of timber to be close to um, I, I like to try to have some of that on the property that I'm going to be hunting on um, but I really want the fingers and the pinch points yeah I am absolutely fine not have you know Don would argue with me here and and I understand that but I, I'm absolutely fine not having the major betting on me if I have the funnel and the pinch point that's connecting two things. I'm absolutely fine with having a 10-acre lease, but it connects to 200-acre blocks of timber. Right. That would be absolutely ideal, especially for rut hunting, um, which is you know when I would wait to go. Um, so that that's what I would be looking at. Would be looking at you know if you're if you're on a super tight budget um, and you're just trying to get permission, kind of those just just look for those funnels and those small uh, ditch banks even, you, you know, that have some timber on it to connect two big wood lots, um, that, that could be helpful. So that, I think that covers the first part of that question. Um, Another thing I would look for, um, not trying to give away too much secrets, but, uh, if you can find property permission property within a good, you know, driving distance of a, a good bit of public too, that way, if you have something backfire or something like that, you always got, if you're in town, you took the week off and you can't get another week off, you're already out there, run over it and stomp around on some public, you might you might find something over there if it's in, you know, within a good driving distance. 
That's a good point. Good backup. Okay. Next part of the question, what will you do prepare for the trip? Um, I think we kind of already hit on that. Um, I'm calling all my connections, uh, trying to get realtors, um, you know, that, that, uh, that sell recreational property. They might have some stuff for sale that, that you could you could do a lease on or get permission on up until it's sold. Um, that's a gamble, obviously, because if it sells right before the season or during the season, you might have to be off of there. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that still is an opportunity. Ground I've gotten plenty of ground that has been for sale and had it for two years and then lost it. Um, so I would I would do that. And again, taxidermists. You can call taxidermists. You can call game wardens. Um, you know, th- those are some some guys that you can call uh, co-ops. This is one that I never really want to talk, talk about, but <laughs> feed and seed stores and co-ops yeah. because that's where all the landowners, you know, come to, to either sell their seed or sell their seed, sell their grain. Um, but, yeah, you can call those guys. Um, you know, that, that's an, a really good tactic, uh, feed and seed stores, because a lot of the, the the landowners are going in there, so so I would run all those rabbits before I left. Yeah, forestry guys are good too. They they give you a good uh, update on when the rut's hitting and things like that, and what's getting killed around there. All right, um, let's hit this one, and then we got to reset. Right, what uh, what time of the year would you go to get permission, and what days of the week? So I would go, like I was saying, probably late spring, early summer, and uh, probably toward the end of the week, and I'd definitely hit my best spots, you know, on like a Saturday or Sunday midday, because you know for sure they they most likely will be home then. Um, if you do it in the middle of the day or, you know, during the week, they might be at work or busy doing something, and you kind of become more of a annoyance and anything if that's even a word yeah um you know the the door knocking thing is is uh i get it i understand it personally i I would try and find phone numbers and call them ahead of time and see if you could come and meet with them yeah and actually just say hey my name's joe miles i'm from columbia south carolina i'm addicted to whitetail bow hunting um you know i've got insurance da 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 your whole spiel whatever that may be is there a time this spring i might could run out or or you know late winter i might could run out and meet with you and 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 talk with you about possibly doing some hunting um you know it's much easier for somebody to say no over the telephone Mm -hmm. but but um even if there's a, a a glimmer of hope um you know i would still go and meet that guy but if there's if it's a hard no i don't want to waste time yeah um another thing that that'll help uh maybe not jump right into asking for permission to hunt maybe ask them to just walk the property and shed hunt first and kind of gain their their trust that you're you know going to be closing gates and taking care of um you know not not messing up the property uh or offered a predator hunt or trap or something uh, that would maybe instead of just jumping right into asking for permission it's a longer play but you might get spots you know easier that way where you get turned away otherwise and and references 
Right. You know, if you've got if you've got three or four properties, you've got permission on. You've got really good uh, landowners um, that you've created relationships with. It, it 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 all goes back to relationships. I don't care what you're doing, but you go to a new landowner and say, "Hey, I I've got permission on a thousand acres, thousand acres, a hundred acres, whatever it is in in uh, Ohio." You know. I know it's important. It's your land. You want it taken care of. I'd love for you to talk with my landowner there, and he can let you know how I've taken care of his spots. So that's another thing. You yeah. Can do. All right. And the final part of the question is, and once you get permission, would you immediately scout the property or try to get as much permission in that area as you could? Um, for me, it would be all of the above. I don't think you can ever have enough property to hunt or have enough permission or enough access ever. Uh, but but I would definitely, if Mr. Smith says, you know what, son, I like you. Why don't you go on back there and uh, knock yourself out and, and, and enjoy the hunting season. Just let me know when you're coming and going. But I'll, I'll give you permission to hunt. I am, I am absolutely going in right then immediately to scout that place. Uh, I, I want to, you know, first of all, th- then he's got some history with how I do open gates, close gates, how I drive around his property. He's comfortable. Um, and, and he can give you some tips. They always act, it's so funny. It seems to be universal. And if we've got some farmers uh, listening to this, <laughs> listening to this <laughs> podcast, maybe y'all can explain it to me. And give but, me a call if you got somewhere to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> they, 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 it's universal. Oh, I really don't know. You know, I don't really know. And then, then you come in there after you killed one, and you go, oh, yeah, that's the one I saw. I've been seeing for four or five years down there on that creek bank. He used to come through there every November. Um, so th- they really do. They know their land like the back of their hand. And, and if you can get it out of them, they can give you a really big head start on where you need to be. Yep. Kevin, what about you? Would you uh, – keep digging as soon as he says yes you got permission would you scout or would you go to his next door neighbor and say hey i just got permission from mr smith can, can i hunt your land too what, what would you do i would do the same thing that uh that you said he he's already there he said you can go on the property i'd dive right in and and start looking around maybe you know hang a cam or two but if he's if you already know he's there and you're not just showing up out of the blue again, startling them or not startling them, but you know, just showing back up. Um, he already said you could go. You may as well, and you're already there. You may as well go Time. look around. Yeah, um, is is limited, so you're right. there driving off right. and having to come back. Yeah, you never know. You might find the awesome sign and hang a cam, and there's a hammer on the property, and you don't even have to keep looking around as much. Go kill them if it's you know, if it's that time of year. If it's early season, then go back and um you're in look the, around we're in the more. spring when, yeah. you, when you go out um, that's what i mean yeah um all right so i i think that takes care of the listener question sorry i, I deleted the i cut the name off i did a screenshot and i cut the name off so <laughs> sorry about that buddy but uh you'll know who you are <laughs> yeah hope um, that helped this time of year, November 15th to Thanksgiving, um, you start getting into or we are into what everybody refers to as lockdown. Um, and, and then when you get into Thanksgiving, that can be some of the best hunting of the rut, especially now that we've finally got some cold weather mm-hmm. and those those big mature deer are out looking for those final does. And so that can be they're, – they're always monsters that get killed right around Thanksgiving. 
Um, the, the, the issue that, that I hear over and over and over during the rut is the mental side of the game. It is so hard for guys to stay mentally focused when they are not in the rut action. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, you get in the wrong draw, Mm-hmm. You get in the wrong patch of timber, and it's not happening there. It, it can be completely dead. And how do you stay mentally focused? How do you stay in the game? What adjustments can you make to get in the game? Um, you know, that, that's another thing. Should I get down? Should I move? Should I should I go try and find a a draw that that's, that's got deer in it? You know, what 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 should I do? What I, you know, th- those are the the, the questions that come up all the time. The, the mental side of it is mine is probably really simple and, and I'm able to just take this and, and run with it. Every minute that goes by that I'm hunting, I am one minute closer to my next kill or my next encounter. Yep. And so I don't look forward to sitting all day in the stand in the freezing cold and not seeing a deer, but I know for a fact I'm one day closer to killing that next giant, and that excites me. So maybe that's a, a, a juvenile way to look at it, but but for me that keeps me in the game all the time. Yeah, you know, thinking I'm I'm one minute closer, I'm an hour closer, uh, you, you know, to, to getting the next one. Um, and, and it can be, man, the rut can be so frustrating. You sit there for, for five, six, seven days, a lot of those sits, daylight to dark, and all of a sudden here comes a doe running Mach 4, and behind her is the buck you're after, and you're screaming at him to stop, and he does not break stride, and he comes right through that draw, right in range, and you mm-hmm. can't stop him, and off he goes, and you don't see him again. Yep, that uh-huh. happened to me. <laughs> Yeah, so, so, I mean, that's, that's part of hunting the rut, but it also can be the most exciting time because if you are in that spot and, and it's happening around you and there's one doe and she's kind of bebopping around through there and there's seven or eight bucks after it can be some of the most crazy, insane action of, of the year. And mm-hmm. then the, the pre-rut when they're cruising and the, the end of the rut when they're cruising – you know, th- those are times that are just absolutely deadly to kill a big mature buck. I agree. <laughs> I'm glad you agree. Do you have anything I, you want to add? I think to that? Uh, my biggest thing, and it might hurt me sometimes, but is it's just having the confidence in your spot. If you think you got to move, um, move. That's one thing. I, I mean, you can just burn up a spot um, and not be seeing anything and literally right down the way you'd be you know in a jam up spot and that's happened to me before in Ohio I I was hunting this creek bottom and you could just tell the 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 action was dwindling down there's does and young bucks but I wasn't seeing what I wanted to see and I literally moved probably less than a hundred yards up on this ridge where I could see down in this other bottom. And I was kind of on this bench on, uh, the edge of this green, just, it was almost like a yard. It's just green grass. But, um, that afternoon I had a, a 
young buck come in bedded down about a hundred yards down in that bottom from me and then i see a big i see him a half hour later looking into the thick stuff and i see a big doe and then just a freaking he was a big old he's at least five he's probably like a 150 160 10 year old 10 year old 10 point and just lumbering around they're just walking in circles in this thick stuff and the next thing you know she's leading them straight to my tree and i'm like this is gonna happen and she stops and he goes to breed her and she just comes on glued and they ran 10 yards right by me Mm. and never saw him again the rut the rut remember the eight point in illinois mm-hmm. that was a two-day ordeal yep and he came by in range day two and the camera base was in the way and i couldn't draw my bow and it was no bs it was 175 to 180 inch eight point we got the yeah, footage and pictures giant. to show it but so you know that that type deer you know, and, and that was what 11 o'clock in the morning 10 30 in the morning mm-hmm. you know yeah, it, was, it, was, it was mid-morning mid-morning so y- you got to go it can be some of the the, the most magical whitetail encounters that, that you can ever have as a hunter um l- let's get back to the to the questions of that is you know do you sit or do you move right do, do you break it down and move and and i think there's there's two schools of thought there if you were talking with Bobby Worthington, one of the most successful whitetail hunters on planet Earth, he he would tell you to lock down in your proven funnel and spend the time with the right wind in that funnel and eventually be persistent and stay after it. And eventually he's going to come through there. The deer is going to come through there. Yep. And, and I tend to personally lean that way because – most of the properties that I hunt, I'm adamantly familiar with. Now, I just don't want to contradict myself. I just went and hunted two new properties, um, but but that's that, that's kind of the the exception. Um, like I'm going to work hard this off season to locate in these areas that I just got back from hunting because they are dynamite as far as some giant deer being in there. Mm-hmm. Just riding around talking with people seeing these these guys were just showing up with these bucks they killed last year and the stories i was hearing about them showing up to apple piles five and six times and getting shot at at nine o'clock in the morning and then coming back i was like good gosh so so yeah it's like a zoo so so i guess my my point is this i lean towards finding that proven funnel and and sticking with it with the right access right wind direction you know a lot of guys throw all that out the window they, they they'll throw wind direction out the window they'll throw access out the window because it's the rut and they're running and they're chasing and anything can come from anywhere at any time you can throw wind direction out the window if you hunt in south carolina period right now <laughs> why is that I, did i talk about that on the last podcast we had a northeast wind and oh, i said anything east and big boy walked in from <laughs> the wind was blowing southwest and right before he hit the dang shooting lane yes smelled you did. anyway so the app, the app was wrong again 
Um, like five apps were wrong, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what needs to be our next business is figuring out how to get correct wind direction. Um, so to, again, two schools of thought, get in your funnel, stay in your funnel, stay persistent. Um, I think Andre would, would argue, you know, heck no break down, move. If you're not in the action, you got to get in the game. And I, I like that too. I, I've definitely done that where you need to be super mobile during the rut. Um, even to the point where when you're scouting, I mean, it can be an all day affair. I mean, you, you can get in there in the morning and hunt, break down at 9.30, 10, move a draw over, move a little ways, mm-hmm. sit for two hours, break down, move again till you get into that action. Um, and that's a, that's a really aggressive, good rut tactic. So th- those would kind of be the, the – I think it all depends on also the, the terrain, right? Like we've talked about so many times here in South Carolina, there are not a lot of those super terrain tight – you know, big connecting funnels mm-hmm. that, like you can get in Kansas, like you can get in Illinois. Um, so for us here, probably a more aggressive tactic of because they're running hard right now here. Yep, um, is to is to be super mobile and to you know don't don't go with the get in thirty minutes before daylight, hunt until ten come out, come back at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, sit till dark, pack a sandwich. I got to do that. <laughs> and get after it. Work. Get in there and hunt, you know, from if, – if it happens right off the rip, stay right there. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't happen off the rip, break it down, move, um, go to a different side of the property, go to a different area, go to a different farm. Keep hunting all day. The, the the one common thing, whether you're hunting the the, the the rut funnel, this a super tight pinch, or you're being aggressive, the, the bottom line is during the rut, you've got to be persistent. You got to stay mentally in the game by knowing your next opportunity is just right around the corner and, and staying positive. It's so easy to talk yourself into, well, you know, I've been gone for three or four days. I need to go home and and hang out with the wife and kid. Um, that is important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not going to touch that one with a no. twenty foot pole. Not doing that. <laughs> That's because mine's Let's keep on going. Mine's, mine's nineteen and Let's go been married on. for twenty seven years, so I'm good. Uh, <laughs> but you you really. Whether you're being super aggressive or you're sitting in your funnel, you've got to be persistent and you've got to stay in the woods as much as you can. Um, and it's going to the, – the, the 10 to 2 can be, especially on heavily pressured places, can be really, really good because mm-hmm. what's happened? Most all the hunters are out of the woods by then. Yep. So persistence is key. Your next big one is right around the corner. Um, and and stay after it. This this podcast is obviously going to launch tomorrow, so that's the fifteenth. And then our next one will be, you know, kind of sixteenth, I think. Oh, tomorrow's the sixteenth. I think so. Yeah, I think you're yeah, right. Yeah, little man's nine months today, so it's sixteenth tomorrow. Yep, you are right. So when our next one comes on, the rut will be winding down. Um, what what do you, you got any plans for late season? I know we talked about this a little bit. If we Today, get yeah, if we get any lull in December, I'm hightailing it to. If there's a good cold front, I'm hightailing it to Kentucky. That's 
all I got. What about Ohio? Maybe Ohio. Well, we got to see if I can get away, old boy. Well, we January, old... Ohio goes until yeah, February. That is true. Then do, do y'all see this? He's seeing if he can get away. That's, yeah. that's a y'all's, statement yeah. and a question yeah. all in the same. Yeah, that's this, a statement. This is the first he's you got, heard of this. He's got a jerk for a boss. It's horrible. He's no, I think a... you're pretty lenient for as busy as we've been. Um, <laughs> it's just been so freaking busy. And it, I don't know. Um, it's hard with the, I say it all the time, it's hard with the, with the newborn to um, to be away from him he's he's starting to turn into a little mockingbird mini me so um oh i got Just him what doing the world wolf, needs is wolf of wall street <laughs> genius gonna corrupt him before um, he's one one other thing that i wanted to say though with the staying in the game don't i know it's nice to have that reassurance but um, don't just rely on the trail cameras like like that spot I found the other day. I almost just set up. If I would have had a sandwich or something with me, I would have just sat there the rest of the day and just sat on the ground. I didn't even – I think I had like two sticks with me and I had a lineman's rope to um, to help me hang the cameras. I would have did that or just sat on the ground if I had to in that spot, but I wanted to keep on scouting, and it was a really warm day. But don't rely on the cameras. The other morning, it was a good cold morning, and I hunted this this spot, and I saw 11 deer, and not one of them walked in front of the camera that was 15 yards from me. Yeah. So it's nice to have that reassurance, but this time of year, they're just freaking everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's absolutely right. I mean your your camera's covering a, a call it a thirty yard by ten yard wide mm-hmm. swath, and they, they can yeah. So, so that the bottom line again, you got to be in the woods every chance you get this time of year. You got to stay mentally in it. You got to stay positive, and and you got to be persistent. Yep. What are you doing late season? Late season Mexico. I'm so excited about that. Why is that? <laughs> oh my gosh! Because yeah. it's Mexico. Because yeah, Mexico. Uh, there's. I'm going down there with a group of buddies. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and then probably going to hit Ohio in January. Um, I want to get back up there and uh, get on some beans and have gotten invited back to the one property that I hunted. Um, so I can I can go back there and, and, and hunt late season. So that's probably what I'm going to do is is Mexico around the 5th of December when that rut starts up, and then late season Ohio. Uh, that's my plan. And then we'll as, – as soon as we get done with our late season stuff, we'll, we'll get right back into the, the testing of, of the new bows that are coming out and the new eras. We'll have the uh, custom – Bow works going wide open. You'll be yeah. getting after it with that. You've already had quite we a already few guys. Got it. Yeah, we already got a bunch bows. of guys. Just hit hit me up. Um, you can what was our help email on Osseo? You can email us on the Osseo page or uh, just message me on in, on Instagram, and we can start kind of hashing out a plan um, to get you guys going. I'm really busy right now um, with the with the orders and all that but once you know we get into the beginning of next year we can definitely start knocking stuff out but if uh kevin underscore b underscore hunting um you can just message me on there 
Yeah, or or you can you can email help at osseogear.com. Um all right, new bows, Matthews actually today. I know this is going to be airing tomorrow, but today launched their new bow, Phase 4. Uh, have not had a chance to see it yet. Uh, just read about it on the website like everybody else. Interesting, they, they've come up with what looks like a, a piece that goes between the split limbs that uh, deadens things, and obviously we will definitely put that to the test with our mm-hmm. decibel reader and, and see what it does speed-wise, performance-wise, uh, again, we don't have sponsors, and and we we want to shoot the best stuff we can. So excited! I think Hoyts, I think we we got mixed signals there. I think they're releasing a new bow on the 18th of November, but then you said also you thought the RX7 was going to be their flagship. So. Well, they're yeah they're keeping that in their flagship lineup. I don't know if they're also going to come out with another another carbon bow, or that's just going to be their flagship one, but. I know they're keeping that again for 2023. And we're definitely going to do Hoyt, Matthews again in our testing, uh, but I think we're going to throw in PSE and Bowtech this year. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of requests for those. Uh, again, we, we, we don't have a dog in the fight. Um, if, if the Bowtech specs out better, feels good, and is quieter and, and more dynamically efficient, that's the bow that I will shoot. Um, I, you know, for, for me, it has been Matthews the last few years, but man, I was really, 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 really debating the, the, the Hoyt this year. It, it, the, the draw cycle was so nice. Um, I, I should have started earlier. We should have started yeah. earlier with this testing because we didn't really get into that until almost August or, or July. And, and by then it was, it was getting close, close to crunch time. And I don't like switching. In, in the middle of the season, I, I'm kind of – I don't know superstitious is the right thing, but I'm just comfortable with what I've got that I've been shooting all off season. Right. Um, so that's kind of where we are, guys. Uh, hope you all are having luck with the rut and, and staying positive. I have seen quite a few big deer getting knocked down. Uh, we wish you all all the best. And um, questions, comments, let us know. And uh, we, we love to interact. And we, we love these questions. Yeah, that, that, keep them up. Yeah, that really that gives us kind of talking points. Uh, next week we will have a guest on. Um, got a couple guys we'll be talking to, or the week after next when our next one launches, we'll have a guest on. And thinking about getting Dan Kaufman on. Um, he's one of the guys that killed a 300 inch whitetail. <laughs> you can believe that. And he actually hunted the thing. It wasn't a luck deal. He hunted the deer for quite a while. I think a couple years. So that that'll be interesting. Um, got some other tech guys possibly to come on. So next next episode will be a guest speaker or a or a guest uh, of the show. And again, we appreciate it, guys. Good luck the rest of the rut. And uh, that's it. We're signing out. Yep. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.